0: This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday, 10 to 2, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Uh, right now, though, I want to tell you about another story that, boy, this ever catch our attention today, the story in the Vancouver Sun. It has to do with the fact that more than 200, 200 former prisoners are filing claims in court alleging that they were sexually abused by a prison officer. That alone made us want to find out more about this. So joining us now is the Vancouver Sun reporter who wrote this, Laurie Culbert. Laurie, thanks for being here.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having
0: me. This is extraordinary. I've never heard of a story like this. Tell us a bit about it.
1: So, I mean, back in 2000, this particular jail guard was convicted in criminal court of uh, sexually abusing five young male inmates in the 1980s while he was a jail guard in Ocala. And that, at the time, as you can imagine, it generated a few a yeah. headlines, but it kind of fell off the radar of most people. And uh, my colleague Dan Fumana and I were um, starting to snoop around and found out that since then, 19 years later, more than uh, 200. Uh, former inmates of Ocala and several other B.C. jails have made allegations in civil court that they were also victimized. And as you know, uh, sexual assault is a vastly underreported crime, so it's um, hard to know, you know, just what the true number is out there.
0: So, So does this continue to come from the time that he was a guard back in the 1980s?
1: Yeah, so this particular defendant we're talking about, a man by the name of Roderick David McDougall, was employed by BC Corrections from 1976 to 1997, so for 21 years.
0: So even after the other conviction, he continued to be employed in the system?
1: So, no, oh, the other conviction Wait. happened in two thousand, Yes, yeah. so there was a series of events that eventually led to him resigning in nineteen ninety seven um not not related to the sexual assault allegations, by the way uh. And really a, a, kind of an unrelated probe that was happening in his workplace. And then in 2000, the uh, criminal trial happened.
0: So what is it, like, just plugging that name in, you can see there's lots of stories about that. But what is it about this case, Lori? do you think, that exposes the system? Like, is this something that wasn't addressed at the time? Were complaints made? What happened?
1: So what we were able to uncover, um, just earthing through so many documents that eventually were filed in the courts, is that there were co-workers uh, who worked with McDougal who were raising red flags but that didn't just it didn't appear to uh, be doing much to get him taken off the job permanently there's one really incredible tale of a group of jail guards who were quite concerned about the well-being of young inmates in Ocala and so they uh, they were concerned that the young inmates were being uh, allegedly abused in, behind the closed doors of this jail guard's office. So they went and they built a different door in the uh, carpenter shop in the prison, a door that had a large window in it, so that they could replace the door what? and then see inside the window to see if anything bad was happening inside the office. And uh, this happened on a night shift, and they came back in the next day, and there were... Um, the uh there was curtains and file folders and various things put up over the window to try to block people from seeing inside so absolutely there were people who had concerns at the time
0: that is extraordinary these were fellow employees who went to those lengths because they felt something wrong was happening
1: yes they also um made uh submissions to management as well and there was a series of one or two day suspensions uh Letters being put in a file, being removed from a file. You know, this particular individual was moved around to different or uh, different facilities, um, but he but he maintained his employment for 21 years.
0: Wow! Now, has the government admitted any kind of misconduct in this case?
1: So, in response, about half of the 200 civil suits have now been settled. Um, many of them with either. Uh, payouts to the plaintiffs or or private out-of-court settlements. And in those, the provincial government, as uh, the employer, has admitted vicarious liability. So, in other words, we employed this guy, and if the courts find that the plaintiff was abused, then we'll pay up some money. Um, So, and and the province continues to, uh, to respond to these lawsuits, basically saying our first response is the assaults didn't happen. But if the court finds that they did, then we are vicariously liable. Fast forward to last month, and a lawyer has filed a form of class action, it's called a representative action, that kind of pushes that legal argument a little bit further. He's representing 61 of these men with outstanding civil claims, and he's saying that the, the province uh, should be held more uh, liable than that, not as a secondary player, but as someone who um, uh, allegedly allowed this perpetrator to pray within these prisons. The province has not responded yet to uh, that particular lawsuit that kind of tries to push the legal envelope a little bit further.
0: Wow. So the story is so explosive, Lori. like when you go through the details and think about all the damage that has caused. How do you think it managed to stay so quiet for so long?
1: You know, I <laughs> unfortunately, we've had stories like this before where the, where the plaintiffs were uh, vulnerable people with uh, not a lot of power and not a lot of voice. You don't have to look much further than the women who went missing from the downtown east side, for example. I think sometimes if, if um, you know, uh, the alleged victims in a story feel that they have no power and people aren't listening to them, that it's sometimes very difficult to get their voices heard.
0: So true. Laurie, thanks so much for telling us about it today.
1: Thanks for having me on the radio.
0: Appreciate that. That's Laurie Culbert with The Vancouver Sun. Check out her story today on The Vancouver Sun website for sure. Buy a copy of the paper. It is just shocking when you read some of the details in there that more than 200 former prisoners are now filing claims in court alleging they were sexually abused by a prison officer. Uh, This goes back to the 1980s and 90s. 200... Think about that number for a moment. That is huge.